0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk Sport Powered by fans.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch,
0: beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football
1: fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right
0: away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with muck delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at Participating Restaurants 18 Plus Rewards Registration Required, points only on menu items delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
1: Well, what did I tell Wrexham when I started this podcast? I don't like roller coasters. From Blint to Philadelphia, from Hollywell to Hollywood, Rob Ryan Red is a brand new Wrexham AFC fans podcast by Nathan Salt and Richard Fay. Now, maybe you're well versed in Wrexham history, or maybe you're new here. So here's a few things to jog your memory. Here is Vose,
0: great dribble by Don Vose, and still Vose, he gets us another, oh what a goal! Don Vose, one of the goals of the season, he has toyed with the defence there, and that is remarkable, the Buller boys are getting involved. Cono Jennings, the captain, Wrexham's top goal scorer. 13 for the season, 14, Wrexham lead, it's Wrexham work, now. It's McDonough for Wrexham, still Jerry McDonough, Back to around the keeper. What's up? up. Back to the lead ladies. If yesterday was a black Friday, today is a red
1: Saturday. Hello Croix on all. Uh, no rich again. Can you believe that? No rich again. He is a busy busy boy uh, for Christmas. And yes, yeah, so it's me. You got put with me again. No singing this week, thankfully, uh, because there's not much to sing about, really, is there? After that, Yeovil? and I, again, I'm trying to take a leaf out of Wayne Phillips's book. I I, I feel like I should listen to Wayne a bit more. And, and what he was saying was, you know, try not to get too high with the wins, and try not to get too down with the defeats. I'm very much getting. I mean, I was starting to talk up two wins and, and we'd go top. So as you can tell that uh firmly bit me on the arse quickly. Uh what can we say about Tuesday then as you can tell by the title I tried to have a little play on what just to cheer myself up more than anything else on Ryan Reynolds' new film Red Notice. And like I can say Wrexham's or, or really to be more specific, Liam McAlinden's Red Notice. Uh stunned silence went round the ground. That's the only way it can be described. Uh, no one had a clue. I But to various people, some in the paddock, my parents sit in the paddock. Uh, Rich is in the tech end, yeah, dust all over the place. Uh, obviously, the press benches uh up in the Wrexham Lager stand, and even people in in Mold Road uh, had absolutely no idea on what was going on. Uh, and and Parkinson seemed absolutely baffled. He looked absolutely really like ticked off to me in his in his interview after, just sort of really annoyed at the referee and. I, you can't say Yova were massively appealing for it either, uh, which usually tells the story, in the sense that you know usually I mean most players appeal for anything now, it's just the, the way the game is. Um, without sounding like I'm sort of sat on a rocking chair on my on my lawn, you know the good old days. But the the modern game now, it, people appeal for everything. So for them to not really be appealing for a yellow or a red, I mean, seemed very innocuous that. Liam McAlinden then. So he's, he, he'll be banned now for Dover. All the games we've got. Dover, Weymouth, and then I assume he'll be banned for the FA Trophy as well. If they're the, they're the in order, aren't they? So uh, Dover, yeah, Dover away. Weymouth at home on the telly. And Gloucester City in the FA Trophy. What do people think of the FA Trophy as well? Get in touch, let me know, at Rob Ryan Red on Twitter, Red at gmail.com. I'm of the school that you just want to win and winning breeds momentum and that's what we're desperately trying to do. Put a few games together. We have options, you know, it you could play a league game of let's say at wing back you could play Paul Johnson and Hosanna and you could play uh you could then change that for you could you could change that for the, the cup game and go record and French or Green and French or Green Hosanna. Who else can you play out there? You, who knows, you could put Clareworth in at centre-back, you could put Brisley, you've obviously got Tozy, you've got uh, Lennon, you've got, who knows, you've got options, basically, is what I'm trying to say in a very convoluted and uh, drawn-out fashion, is how I'm sort of saying it. Um, but there's no one here to stop me, so I'm going to play by my own rules, as I did last week. Uh, not crammed with interviews this week, it's mainly just sort of um, the tape for you know my Wrexham counselling session and your very privy to it as you're listening uh thanks so much for your support this year i know a lot of people have been posting their spotify wrapped for 2021 and and uh yeah that's the mission isn't it that we've got to kind of edge ahead of fearless or Dragonheart or whatever finished above us the the old wales podcast i saw as well uh but no in all seriousness thanks so much for your support uh anyone who's listening on apple as well we support you as well uh we support everyone to be honest on any platform you listen to maybe you listen to us through the fan hub app and that's where I go wrong with Fan Hub because I don't listen to the podcasts through the app. And so I am essentially penalized when it comes to the rankings because I don't get enough points um, if my selections are bad as well, which I'll give my selection for Dover at the end of the show. But Yeovil, um first off, congratulations to Yovel. Uh, I felt a little bit sick to my stomach when I saw their It's Always Sunny tweet for, what was that guy called, Sunny... Sonny Lou Everton or something? Um, his first name was Sonny anyway, so that one was a, an absolute gift from the gods when he scored. Not fully sure I understand why he felt the need to to do a knee slide in front of the paddock, the lower paddock. I really didn't feel like they need... And dancing on the pitcher full-time. Look, I'm, I'm not one to be an Ebenezer Scrooge. It's nearly Christmas. We've just started off our advent calendars. I have a dairy milk advent calendar for anyone who cares about these things uh i'm actually intrigued now what your advent calendars are do tweet us um you know what i'm going to say various things and it'll just give me an excuse to plug the twitter at rob ryan red um and we have surpassed our target for that didn't we a few weeks ago we said could we get to 2500 before the end of the year we've done that so thanks so much for that support um means i can just keep putting out very silly graphics and videos and and all these sort of things that that we're allowed to do um and and you know enjoy putting out there where was I then? Advent calendars, yeah. Started one of those. I actually listened back to one of the first pods, episode two. And me and Rich had a very um, a very animated chat about mini eggs, of all things. So, yeah, thanks so much for the support in 2021. Um, as for Wrexham, they, they've also brought some highs in 2021. Um, Ryan and Rob came to town. Paul Mullen scored a last-minute winner away at Halifax there was 5 goal winner older short 6-2 at Kingsley so there have been, ups, been ups. also been some downs Yeovil definitely up there as a, as a down um, and I think the reason for that not just the red card um, but Brian Flynn said recently when I, I spoke to Brian Flynn recently for um, an upcoming piece I'm doing on the Arsenal anniversary and he said to me whatever happens he would always say to players just stay in the game at uh, 1-0 just stay in the game and you have to say it uh, when we had the red card, we did stay in the game and we we really sort of had a foothold in the game without really troubling Yeovil defensively. But it wasn't Ponticelli's best night. It wasn't anyone's best night, really. You have to say, no one came off the pitch feeling like they played well. Sponsors had to give a man of the match, went to Aaron Hayden, but ultimately, you know, all the men of the match all played on the opposition. Um, And so the Fat balls Gin, whatever the prize was this week, was very much safe. Once McAlinden went off, um, so yeah, Yeovil—the first goal, Staunton. I mean, it's it, it's, a, it's a complete switch off defensively. Eleven v 11, 10 v eleven—that that's not good enough. And and the players will hold their hands up and say the same. Second one, Cam Green will be disappointed when he sees that back that he's you know let his marker go, and he knows he's better than that. And they they had what three opportunities to. To score that and Sonny, whatever his name is, Sonny something, Everton scores, and that is that. That was the end of it, and they they celebrated wildly. and Good for them if that's what they want to do. And I saw some Ryan Reynolds gifts from their fans, and that's inevitable. We've said that before on the podcast. That is the lay of the land. That will happen if we get beat or if we if we drop points. And you know everyone's willing to see us and Stockport fail, but it's not a disaster, is it? In 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 the last week or so beat Bromley, beat Halifax. Yeah, we lost. Okay, the home record is gone now, the unbeaten home record, but it means response needed uh, against Dover, and then the next time we're at home, we'll be in front of the BT Sport cameras, 20 past five against Weymouth. One thing that did confuse me at the Oval game, the 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 stadium announcer made a couple of very odd rogue mistakes. I mean, again, you know, mistakes happen to anyone, but a few of them were just very very confusing so let me know if you noticed that also but that was that was odd um but Yeovil are a good side don't get me wrong will i will they be up there i think halifax would be up there and we beat them and i think we were you know as amazing as that result was we were for, fortunate for that um bromley you know that we could have put five or six past them obviously they went down to 10 i guess the, the one of the things we didn't capitulate did we and yes we lost the game but it's, it's the way it goes, I think. It is the way it goes sometimes. And you're not going to win every week. And as I always say, I hate, I said it in the intro, didn't I, that I? I've said it before as well on the podcast. I absolutely hate roller coasters. And I hate them literally, you know, Alton Towers, Thought Park, anything like that. But I also hate emotional roller coasters. They are, they might even be even worse. And with Wrexham, it's a roller coaster that's been doing loop de loops for. Well, this is the 14th year now. I'm, I feel a bit sick, actually, uh, and it needs to come to an end. There's loads to come then for the rest of the show. I'm talking about January. I'm just throwing out some names there for January targets that I would quite like on maybe my Christmas wish list. Knowing Rex, and thought we'll probably get a bag of coal, but if we're, if we're, if we're good between now and then, uh, I've got some names. And there's also talk about Super Paul Mullen that I want to address. But before that, let's hear from Rich. Then Rich was buried in the tech end, uh, and he, what did he tweet? The best thing of the night was that it was over at the final whistle. So Rich, let's hear Rich's match day verdict. Well,
0: I don't know where to start with that one. A week on after the high of Halifax, it's the low of Yeovil at home. Really, really disappointing result that really poor performance as well. It was, yeah, it was a really weird game from the off. Yeovil we'll just looked the better side, from my opinion. They were moving the ball nicely, getting into nice pockets of space. They weren't really troubling Leighton, but you know, they were moving it quite well. They seemed to be in control. We didn't really have that authority as a home side, everything we were creating sort was of on, was on the break, and we just looked very limited in, in our style of playing. You know, anyone who's seen us this season will know that. It is just hoping that Mullen can produce a moment of magic. Again, he was able to drop back to midfield. He just wasn't getting the service at all. You almost need someone like Mullen in midfield and then himself up top to actually get on the end of the chances he creates. But it was really limited, really poor. The red card, it was stunned silence in the race course. No idea what it was for. The referee didn't even appear to, to give a free kick. He didn't blow his whistle. And then all of a sudden, someone next to me said... McIlindon's been sent off and I had no idea whatsoever why, Uh, you know, it was absolutely ridiculous really, there were some big tackles going in, Yeovil had, you know, they should have had a few players booked early on because some of their tackles were tactical to say the least, you know, but the red card was just out of nowhere, you say it would change the game but ironically we actually played better after, we went down to 10 men, particularly at the start of the second half, we came out with a bit of fight and we looked pretty decent Again, the tactics were a bit of a mess, though. you know, Parkey has changed it not to go long ball because against that Yeovil defence, there was no way we were going to be winning the headers. and We saw that from set pieces, etc. They looked superior to us you know, from the, all those situations. There was a couple of chances where they put crosses into the box and they just skipped away and went out of play. It was just really, really weird. So we went for this short style of passing, lots of playouts from the back, late into Toza, unconvincing, taking a bit of time to get it out wide to Hazana and Hall-Johnson, who I both thought were decent going forward. Both looked quite vulnerable at the back, though. And yeah, Hazana had the beating of his man. He just maybe lacked that confidence and that cutting edge. It was just such a drab, nothing affair, very flat. The lineup—I know in hindsight, especially—you can criticize the lineup, but I don't get why you would change a winning team that much. I do understand bringing Hayden in because you know Parky loves Hayden, and I think that back three, you know, does have the balance. Um, I think that French at right back over Hall Johnson would have made more sense. Midfield selection is just a tombola every week—it's whoever Parkey fancies. Just he gets these weird vibes that he might play well. He might play well. McAlinden has always looked good as an impact sub. I've never been convinced of him as a starter, really. So I, I didn't get that at all. And, you know, the red card obviously doesn't help his case. Up top, I think Ponticelli-Mullen was the wrong call. I understand you need that that hurrying sort of style of play. And I know the dilemma is if you're only playing two, they do both deserve to start. But I think it's a game where you need someone a bit more physical up top against that Yovel back line who, you know, it was, it was easy for them. And I know lots of the post-match reaction's been about how they, how dominant they were, and they sent the backs, and we didn't really give them a, a chance. And they are the sort of shit houses of the league, aren't they? You think back to the classic rectum teams who, who you know from from decades and decades, but even particularly in the national league, the closest we've come to promotion is by being a dirty team who everyone hates to play. And at the moment, we are too easy to play against. The midfield is non-existent. There's no toughness. There's no. You know, nothing about There's no solidity. We just haven't got tenacity. It's just a real shame to watch. We are, you know, when we play attacking football and we embrace it, that's when we're at our best. But anything other than that, I just wouldn't back us at all. I think the style of play as well, like we've said before, the three, five, whatever you want to call it, it works against certain teams when you're expected to, you know, be on the back foot that much. But that year team, we shouldn't have given them as much licence as we did. We should have gone the 4 I think from the start it's just such a shame that that unbeaten runs finally come to an end but you know it was inevitable you'll notice that I've not actually mentioned the referee yet it just you know every week we have to almost criticise the referees and yeah ironically the one that, uh, the Bromley game was quite good favourable in our, our side at least but referees at this level there's the Ben Tozer interview, which if you've not seen on Club Media, I urge you to watch. We have put a clip of it out as well that we saw on Twitter. Yeah. I don't know where to start. Referee, I'm not interested to in talk about the red card. I'm talking about the leniency he had for the Oval players, the fact that they weren't getting bookings, the soft penalisation of players. There was one where Mullin shoulder barged one of their players and a free kick was given. There was I think Lennon on Adi Youssef, Lennon just got the ball cleanly in a strong tackle, free kick given. It was pathetic. It was an awful refereeing display, but it's almost a waste of energy to even say that because you get that so often in this league. And the other thing is, we were crap with 11 men from the start. We, I, I wasn't convinced at all, that's my opinion. We got better with the 10. I think the setup, the tactics, the lineup was all wrong anyway. The referee was another element, but there was a lot wrong with Wrexham that night and that was complacency because going into the game, all the conversation was win this and win on Saturday, we'll go top for a bit, you know, we'll be there, we'll be third if we win this. And we were just distracted from the job in hand. And yeah, that was a reality check. That was a real sort of back down to earth. Halifax was great, Bromley was great as well. Yeovil was, yeah. A sour taste to kick off the festive period, really, but you know, We've just got to back the boys, make some noise. Who knows what what lies ahead? It's a long, old season, yet, yeah. you know. But this is one of those games where you think that was a real opportunity missed. Yeovil credits them; they came, they did the job on us. They were physical. They just they played the occasion perfectly, really. In January, I know that we can't go too full out on who we're going to buy, but we need some. We need. A brute in the field. I think we just need to have that presence that we don't at the moment. And as long as we don't have that midfield tenacity, we will continue to have results like this every so often. But yeah, full time from the race course, and nil, Yeovil two. Get me home.
1: So yeah, he, he wasn't as uh, he wasn't as hoarse as he was after Halifax. He was he'd been doing less singing, in fairness, and he's a lot more disappointed. Bless him. It was. Um, yeah, it was, it was really disappointing, wasn't it? And, and it's, it's something that the players will just have to get out of their system really, really quickly. It's something that, that you've got to move on from because dwelling on it does nothing. And what the most frustrating thing is, it's not necessarily the manner of the performance or going down to 10 men or the referee who obviously toes are slammed in that interview, said he was arrogant and whatnot. Um, it's it's the fact that as soon as you look to build a bit of momentum, it vanishes, Um. Maybe I should change the advert in like a mock-up and do bang and the momentum's gone rather than the dirt. Uh, bang and the momentum's gone. Um, get your cleaning products now. Yeah, there you go. Parkinson products. Um, but yeah, it, uh, there was a lot of frustrated people. We did a Twitter space again. A uh, quick note on those. Thanks for anyone who keeps listening to those. We had Adriano Moke on the other week, which was a, a nice surprise that he came on. And we had Jordan Davis listening and Dan Jarvis listening and Dan Jones, one of the... Young lads who's got a contract, professional contract for the first time. So, yeah, they're interesting. They're interesting. And we open the floor up, as we always do, myself and Fearless, the Fearless guys, Tim. And, and yeah, there was a lot of frustration about what is the playing identity? You know, what is the philosophy of this team? And we've played well, don't get me wrong, at, at stages of the season, but I still don't know the answer to that question. You know, where are we going as a football club? Uh, apart from going on to Disney Plus, uh, early 2022, you know, in terms of an actual identity, some people will say that's Nathan. That is not important um, at national league level. You simply just need to win, which I would agree with. But you do want to see, come December, you do want to see some sort of patterns of play that, you know, that you've worked on that that aren't just sort of dead ball situations, long throw. I, I know we've got to use that long throw, but you want to see patterns of play. Maybe picking it up in the picking it up with the midfield and and kind of building play down the right or um you know that cross field to the left or you know kind of an overload you want to sort of see patterns that yes will get scouted but yes is something that you can work on. Maybe I'm demanding too much. I don't think I am. Um, in terms of they do get chance to train. You know they will have had an off day Wednesday after the Yeovil game, train Thursday and then you know you'd be looking ahead at Going down to Dover on the Friday and and then playing at the Crabble on the Saturday, so you know they don't get loads of time, but there's enough time there to I think between preseason and now I think you've had enough time to establish what you want to do and as an identity and and land on a land on a sort of strongest lineup because I I don't I honestly don't believe that Parkinson knows what his strongest team is and you could say well you know. This only comes after a defeat. But if you'd have asked me after the Bromley game or the, the Halifax game, I honestly don't believe he knows, with the tools at his disposal, how to build the birdhouse. I've, I've got in this weird habit of just making up metaphors on the spot. or and I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I'm very tired, and there's no rich here to bail me out and give me sort of breaks. So we plough on. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of them where I, d- I just don't know. I mean, for me... Yeah, and again, super easy to say with ben a benefit of hindsight, but dropping Tyler French made no sense, okay? Straight off the bat, that made zero sense. Was in, what was he in? National League Team of the Week, Vanarama Team of the Week, Um, after his performance against Bromley. You know, what more could he have done? Having been out the side for a few games, he comes in against Bromley, puts in what was arguably the man of the match display. I know Bryce got it off the sponsors, but, you know, Tyler had a really strong shout for that. You know, What more could he have done? To have retained his place. Now if you're playing devil's advocate as Rich did he said. Are you understood why Parkinson brought Aaron Hayden back in. And it was Hayden who got the sponsors man of the match. So perhaps Parkinson feels vindicated in that decision. But I, I do think it's odd. Because you need you need total buy-in from the squad. And if a player feels they've they've done everything possible to get in the team. And then they're dropped to the bench with no injury, no niggle. I, I find that quite hard to sell to a player and I've never been a manager. So I'm only talking from an experience as a reporter who's been around managers and I've seen managers get sacked and I've seen managers do well. And there are certain telltale signs that for me is not a good one. Um, dropping form players, that that seems to always go down, sort of like a lead balloon. Um, so there's, there's that for one. And there's also this midfield conundrum that can we scrabble through to January, we've got this far, so you'd imagine yes is the answer in short to that. But I have no, I have no idea what, what we can do in the interim. I love how it kind of elongated my no, um, I have no idea what, what we can do in the interim there because, he, if you lose the midfield battle on a weekly basis, you won't win enough games. That that is just the the short the the, the long and short of it. Super Paul Morgan can do as much as he can, but he needs serving. You know, he can't serve his own dinner here, unfortunately. And he did look very frustrated. He looked starved of service. And and when he gets starved of service, Mullen, you notice he drops deeper and deeper. You know, he, he, he himself drops into the midfield. And, it, and and then it was leaving Ponticelli up top on his own. Jake Hyde, no idea why Jake Hyde didn't start. Again, that's not even a hindsight thing. That that He was in my team from the off. Um, You could say, well, we're nursing him back and we're taking it easy. No, not for me, thank you. That I would have played him off the bat. Um, from the off, and yeah, and then pff, the midfield I have zero answer to. Um, I've got some targets lined up. Uh, for January, if I was Les Reed or Sean Harvey, we know Sean Harvey will do all the negotiating. Um, and talking to Sean Harvey, I actually found his Instagram profile this week. Humphrey put out an Instagram of uh, quite a cute family picture of one of his, I think it was nieces or nephews, in a in a Wrexham shirt, and he said, you know, signing them up young and. Very, very funny and jokey caption and Sean Harvey commented on it about the negotiations and something like, hope they drove a hard bargain or something along those lines. Uh, But before you get too excited, no, uh, it is not a public profile, it is on private, He's not on Twitter and so yeah, it just looks like the occasional LinkedIn post is how we will have access to Sean Harvey uh after his dragon heart appearance but he will be negotiating um the deals i've been consistent in saying two midfielders i'll tell you what then rather than that i'm just going to throw out three names um because this isn't a super super long podcast today because i've dropped my notepad that's that's not a good start there we go notepad picked back up uh and my number one target so let's see if any of these are on your radar Or see if any of these end up making it onto Red Passion or the fans chat. I'm interested. Let's see. Um, And these are with absolutely any foundation. I have been speaking to agents recently. None of them have said anything on these deals. These are just players that I like, that I've seen, and I I think would be very, very smart, clever additions. Not necessarily super flashy, but they would be very effective, I think, in what we need. So, okay, my number one target, if I had the choice of midfield, would be... Tom Pett from Port Vale. Now, I'm saying number one target. We're not talking getting a uh, Luka Modric or Tony Kroos out of Real Madrid. We're talking realistic targets. And I do want to hear yours. So tweet me, at NathSot1, and Rich is at Rich Faye. Or tweet us on the podcast account, at RobRyanRed, with who you'd like to see, who you think is an attainable target. Um, my number one would be Tom Pett of Port Vale. Now, what I'm looking for credential-wise is not necessarily goals and assists, because I think what we need is someone to screen, you know, a number four, someone to sit in front of the back four, who can really do a job in terms of just, yeah, just just sort of sitting there and and, and, and reading the game. And that is one of the things that I was most impressed with with Tom Pett, that he isn't massive, phys- physique wise, he's not he's not huge, he's not a bruiser, but you know, in in place of an injured Brad Walker at the minute for for Daryl Clark's side. They look. They're going great guns in League Two. You know, would you want to leave? I would say, for the right price, everyone wants to leave. Um, and Wrexham is an exciting project, whether we get frustrated or not with some of the performances and the style of play and the formation. And it is a, it is an attractive proposition right now um, at the top of the National League. You know, we're we're still in and around the playoff on, and these players will think if I'm the missing piece, this we can do something special with a massive club. In, you know, in front of the cameras, really raise your profile. Don't underestimate that. Players care a lot about their social media, and it's no surprise to me that all of Wrexham's players recently went public on Instagram. Very minor thing, but it's the type of thing that you spot if you're covering clubs regularly, and yeah, it was it was no fluke for me that they all went public, because a lot of those players were private, and um, you know, wanted to keep themselves to themselves, but the fact that everyone's gone public, as far as I can see... Um, when I recorded this, that it it's, it's a telltale sign that they're expecting their their own personal profiles and platforms to to blow up a little bit when the documentary drops. And, you know, that, that's understandable. So Tom Pett, what I like about him so much is that he has played a bit further forward, but now he's playing in this deeper role. And what he likes to do is sit in front of the defence, sort of a number four role, and have two runners either side of him. Now, for me... Having him in there, could you imagine having him sat in front of that of a back four? You wouldn't need to maybe go with a five. You could have a back four there, and then you could have two runners either side of him. You could have Young and Jones, who much more comfortable being, you know, not the holder, and they can bomb on a little bit more and be shuttlers. And then you get a front three of maybe you can have Davis on the left. You can perhaps have Hyde on the right, maybe, you could have Mullen through the middle or you could decide if you want to put more in wide if you want to. I wouldn't, but, you know, there you go. So, that Tom Pett, and what, what I am looking at as well in these things is, like I said, not goals and assists, it's more interceptions, um, tackles, that sort of thing. And no one in League 2 so far this season has made more tackles than Tom Pett at Port Vale. His 41 is a league-leading total in tackles, so he's willing to put his foot in, even though he's not the biggest of players. And interceptions, he's in the top eight other top 10 players something like that top eight top 10 um in terms of interception so he reads the game really well and he doesn't have too many airs and graces about him can strike a ball as, as as you'd hope from long range but yeah i think he would be a very i think he would be a very clever signing again i think he's on a two-year deal so it would take a fee to get him out but money doesn't seem to be a massive object harvey said that we won't overpay but if i was analyzing players for Phil Parkinson, I would have him high up on my on my scout report of of a, of a player that I think you can get and is in form and does the job which you need. If you approach Tom Petney, says nope, you're all right. I for for some reason for for one reason or another, I I want to stay at Port Vale. I want to stay um, and, and see this promotion campaign through. That's his right to do so. Um, I would look at, and I dare I say it, I would look at a former Newport player now at Walsall by the name of Josh Labardy. Again, in the sort of top six in terms of tackles. I think he's made 29, 30 tackles this season, which is right up there in the league. As we said, league leading Tom Pett with 41. Labardy, and what Laberdy brings is a little bit more physique, a little bit more muscle in there. Yeah, it's sort of that Accio right type, but a little bit more discipline defensively, in terms of he, he, again, he can just sit there, and he's got captain material in him, and I think that that is important as well, in terms of just adding more leaders, and and greater accountability in the middle of the park. Because young, like I say, first team captain, you've got Tozer at the back, but we're still quite quiet as a team. We're not the most vocal, and I think someone who's, who's outside looking, you know, on the outside looking in could come in, you know, Labadie could come sit there, go straight into the team. You know, he's got sort of veteran status in the midfield, an older player, and he could really sort of grab games by the scruff of the neck, I think. He's got captain material, established Football League player. Would he drop down? I mean, Walsall, we've been burned, obviously, in the past by them getting Keats. But I, I think that is also an attainable target. I think anyone in League 2 is an attainable target, honestly. I, I think pretty much anyone at that level is is... Is, is potential. I would look at maybe the Sulphur lads and say they're already on good money and probably don't need their already interest in their own project, but who knows? You know, I, I think Tom Pett would be my number one. I think Labadee and a curveball option. I, I could be made to look a bit of a fool here because I don't know for sure. I haven't seen much more than just kind of like snippets and highlight reel. But I was told to keep an eye on Northampton Town's Sean Williams. Now he's only 23, but central midfielder. Um, got a great head of hair if you see a picture of him and I was just told that you know he would be someone that, that would be exciting as an addition um, I actually told him and Robbie Wilmot who we know is at, at Newport and I don't know the contract situation around McWilliams, I don't know if he's on contract to the end of the season he might have six months left on his deal Um, and if so it wouldn't take a huge, huge fee you would imagine to get him out of Northampton but again they're going great guns, won't want to lose a key starter but there's three names then there, Tom Pett, Josh Laberty, and Sean McWilliams. Nothing concrete in any of those um, in terms of interest or whether they're being pursued or this and that. But just just some ideas. What what do you think? Let me know um, who you would like. They're just ones I would like if 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 I had a choice of midfielders that maybe we could get hold of. Um League One, potentially, but I, I haven't I haven't scrutinised League One like I scrutinised League Two players. So those are the ones for me. And, dare I say it, I've got to address an elephant in the room. Um, Paul Mullin. There's no easy way to say this, is there? Because I sort of don't want to speak it into existence, and I also don't believe it to be true. Um, Someone I spoke to well-connected in the game said they would be very, very surprised if it came to pass. But this rumour that is uh, going around in the rumour mill. um, Does a rumour mill... Well, kind of a rumor mill goes round. I don't know if a rumor mill can be in full flow. Can it? Let me know. I'm kind of getting my words jumbled there. But joking aside, Paul Mullen. Um, and the rumor is that he's doing the rounds among the fan base, and I actually got tweeted this as well to ask me, you know, is it legitimate? Is it true that Nottingham Forest are interested in a one million pound move for Paul Mullen in January? Now, what I would first say about that is um, leave us alone. What I would first say to Steve Cooper if I got him on the phone. Secondly, what I would say is he signed a three-year deal. And so thank you, but no thank you. Uh, He's very much happy here. He's got the fan base in the palm of his hand. He's established cult hero status. He's our main man. Yes, he must be frustrated at the lack of service, but you would hope he's been in to see Harvey, see Parkinson and say, get me a midfield. Get me the pieces I need to take this team to a promotion because look at Shamanga, his rival, sort of for the Golden Boot, you know, has more tools there at Chesterfield, and and that's what Mullen needs. Mullen deserves to be in a team that has everything built for him. And and, and I, I saw somebody say, Oh, there's no way he'd leave, you know, he'll be with Wrexham for three years, signed a three year deal. Lest we forget that he left Cambridge and they named a stand after him. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. I would be absolutely devastated if he was to go. Like I said, I don't think it's true, but I I felt like I couldn't gloss over. I did get quite a few tweets about it and and texts and whatnot. Um, As far as I know, someone I know and I I respect and trust in the game, um, in the agent world, said that they would be very surprised if that was the case. What I would say from experience of kind of covering transfer deals and that sort of thing at, at this level and a bit higher is, you know, Players who drop down levels typically insert release clauses. Now, look, I don't know for sure if Moen does have a release clause or not. He might not, and that's brilliant for us if he doesn't, because that leaves you with complete power in terms of the negotiation. Now, if he does, if he has dropped down and he's got a 1 million, 1.5 million release clause, and that gets triggered by a championship club, it would be very, very hard to to stand in his way, even mid-season. I think there's the example isn't there that Fleetwood turned down approaches for Jamie Vardy in January and eventually sold him didn't they at the end of the season to, to Leicester for a million. So that was back in 20 what was that 2011 12 or my dates are failing me now. But you know that was a million then. Um he got he obviously got Fleetwood promoted at our expense boo hoo and um you know Mullin obviously would be leaving mid season if that was the case it's just such a complex one i mean i'm i'm a big fan of steve cooper but if he steals Mullen, i'm i'm going to be in a real bind because i, I because if you take paul Mullin out of this team we lose a god we lose a lot don't we it'll be like kind of um it'd be like having the window and smashing out all the glass it would just basically be ineffective. Um, you'd still have the frame, but it would be it wouldn't serve its purpose. And I think you just take Mullen out of this side. It all these moments of magic that he's pulled off. I mean, still one of my favorite moments this season was that that goal he scored, that little dinked chip um, at Stockport, and the kind of Christ the Redeemer celebration that people were flying down the roads for. I mean, that's one of my moments of the season. Paul Mullen. You ask other people, they say, his goal against Dagenham? Paul Mullen again. Ask some other people, Rich said his his, his moment of the season, maybe best moment, best away is a Wrexham fan. Paul Mullen at Halifax, the winner. So, you know, I I don't want to really speak it into existence too much, but given Rich isn't here and I, I can't bounce it off him, I do feel like I need to get that off my chest that... I would be stunned if Paul Moyne left. I've seen strikers go in the past that I've been very upset about leaving. Juan Ugarte was it was my all time favourite Wrexham or is my all time favourite Wrexham player. You know, Louis Molt, who we had on the podcast a few weeks ago, I was gutted when he left. Um and and you know, we never were able to replace him. You think we had Craig Falconbridge on recently, was our top scorer of years and seasons in a row, and he went under really disappointing circumstances. And, you know, there, there have been other ones that have gone out. I was quite disappointed when Danny Wright left, to be honest. I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but I was quite disappointed when he went. And, Mo, God, Mullen Mo would be right up there, wouldn't it? The devastation if he went. On the flip side of it, people would have to find a way to... Well, if you sold him for a million, two 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 strikers for 500,000. It's, I don't know, it's kind of... Splitting something in half isn't always as good as the as as the real thing. Um, two two things going into one isn't always as good, so I would be very wary. But with Sean Harvey steering the ship, for all his faults, and you know there are, in my opinion, there are a few. Uh, I'll say that, and I won't, I won't elaborate on that right now. But there are a few for me. Um, but he is a negotiator. Is he is, a, he is a, he's a tough negotiator. He won't get bullied. He has been around the block a while. He knows the game inside out. So, you know, if he is negotiating all the incomings and outcomings, he'd, he, he'll drive a hard bargain. He'll, he'll get value for money. He won't he won't be cowed into into doing anything he doesn't want to do. If there is a release clause there, he won't have much option anyway. So it doesn't matter if Sean Harvey or Krusty the Clown was running it, you wouldn't have much choice. So, yeah, let's hope not, okay? I'm going to touch... Well, my desk isn't wooden. What can I touch that's wood? Um... Some people touch their head, don't they, when they're trying to like not like trying to sort of jinx something from happening or trying to stop it. I don't know. I'm going to tap my desk. Um, you can hear that. I've tapped my desk for good luck in the hope that Paul Mullin stays. Paul, if you do listen to this, which I'm pretty sure you don't, but on the off chance you do, uh, please stay. Um, and I, I, I almost thought about singing Rihanna "Stay" then, but after last week's uh, dreadful singing. Um, we're gonna try and avoid that as much as possible. Thanks for everyone who uh, listened to that and sent more chants in. Uh I I, I really don't um I, I love the fact also that I sang and then there was no emails this week. Uh clearly that Tom Tom's email did the trick. They were like, We don't wanna hear Nathan sing anymore, so we will refuse to email anymore, which is a solid tactic. Um so Paul Mullen I, I think in terms of other January signings, I, I think Kwame Thomas will feel like a new signing, now. He'll come back. He's been training for a while now. What moment he's in training, I don't know. Uh, I think he could be a massive addition up top. You know, he's he's the load on Ponticelli to be this, this hold-up because I think Kwame is more of a natural hold-up player that could be foiled to Mullin and Hyde. Ponticelli's there. Dior, I want to see Dior get another go. I think he could have a big sort of winter if he gets a chance. If he's back fit in maybe in maybe a wide role if we go to a four three three. Um and on that sort of formation, looking at Dover, I'm I'm actually gonna sort of throw out there a four three three that I would play for Dover. Now this I'm gonna say straight off the bat that this will not be the team that he goes with. Um I know Parkey likes a bit of a Tom Bowler mix, but he, he he won't go with this. I'm gonna go with a four three three for a change just to see um what I can pull out. So I've got Rob Layton in goal. And do let us know your teams, by the way. Twitter at Rob Ryan Red. Use Fan Hub to create your teams. And if you need a code, we can... Uh, we're in the Christmas sp- spirit now, aren't we? We're in the kind of... We started our advent calendars, as we say. Um, trees are up. Lights are up. So uh, although I don't have a tree up yet. I don't know. Do people have their trees up already? Some people have them up in November. So that's... Yeah, that's questionable for me. I'm not sure why you want to get into the Christmas spirit so soon. But if you do, you do. Um, let us know. And, and let us see, have you? has anyone got any kind of Wrexham Christmas decorations? Does anyone have like a Wrexham Bauble or uh, Wrexham Lights? I don't know, Wrexham Tinsel? No idea. What do they sell? Do they sell any I wonder if anyone has like a Paul Mullen. I, I'd i love to see if anyone's made like a Paul Mullen. And if they haven't, can someone do that? Can someone make some sort of Paul Mullen Christmas decoration? Can someone put Paul Mullen onto the top of their Christmas tree? Um, That would make my month, potentially, Um, if Wrexham don't continue to get results that I want them to get. Um, So my team, Rob Lainton in goal. Uh, Cam Green will finally get a start at left-back, I'm going to say, fingers crossed. Uh, I would then go with, at the back, I would go with Tyler French at centre-back, and I would go with Ben Benjamin Tozer. Ben Benjamin Tozer, whatever you want. i will go French Tozer, and I would go... uh, Who would I go? I would... You know what? I would go Bryce Hosanna at right back. I, I would, yeah, I'd shuffle the deck there. I I love Rizal Johnson. He was my player of the season last year. Uh, I didn't win it, but he was my choice. Uh, but I don't think he was at his best on Tuesday. And I think Bryce has just been a little bit better of late. And, and I would like to see Cam get a go. So I'd go Cam Green. I'd go French. I would go Toza and I would go Hosanna. Three-man midfield, I would go Young. I mean, I haven't got many options, have I? I would go Young, James Jones, and... Shall I say Devontae Redmond for a laugh, just to see the meltdown? Now I'll go... Um, I'll go Jordan Davis then as a... No, you know what? I'll go Paul Mullin as my number 10, because he seems to dr- drift to midfield anyway. So I'll go um, Young, Jones, and Paul Mullin as my number 10. And then I'm gonna have a front three of Jordan Davis off the left, Dior Angus off the right, and Jake Hyde down the middle. Now that is a that gives you a lot of attacking options. Dover, you could really put them to the sword of that lineup. Both fullbacks want to attack. Jordan is comfortable on the on the on the wing. Dior's got pace to burn. And I think that they would focus Dover would focus their attention elsewhere on other players. Um Mullen, I think can can thrive playing off a strike on it It can thrive anywhere uh you know i think he could sort of out muscle the marker in an empty room i don't know if that's uh that's just not a good kind of analogy is it but anyway he's very good basically uh as we know and um so yeah i feel like they would be focusing their attention elsewhere and then yeah you've you've just got to play jake hyde up top um it's just a no-brainer um playing him and and yeah, just just go for it. You know, on the road we put five past Aldershot. We've put six past Kings Dover are, I mean Dover are just in dire straits. They they just want the season over with. They've been screwed over by the league. The pandemic has just eaten them alive. And and yet somehow they took a point off Yeovil. So I I wouldn't I would really not want to see us sit back. Just go for it. Four three three. Put them to the sword. And okay, if we don't keep a clean sheet, but we, we could we could honestly put three, four, five past them. And that's not complacency. That's what have we got at our disposal? What are we coming up against? Come on up against the rock bottom team in the league. And we're hurting from losing our home record. So I would go for it. I would I would really put them to the sword. Um let me know your teams anyway on Twitter at Rob Ryan Red. And yeah, hopefully you know what? Hopefully Rich is back soon because I'm starting to feel a bit like Paul Mullen. I feel like I need a bit of help. <laughs> need a bit of help and um yeah, but he will be back soon, no doubt. As we heard from him, he's a little bit frustrated with the overall performance. But hopefully with Dover, uh we'll be we'll be we'll be in good good shape and we've got kind of FA trophy. I didn't want to get into that too much, but we have been drawn against Gloucester City. Um yeah, I mean winning breeds confidence, but we've got to focus on the league, haven't we, as we always say. a, a, a trip to Wembley. I mean we I dare we say been there and done that. Um be obviously nice if we did, but um, not the end of the world. So, yeah, main takeaways from this then, let us know your January targets. I went with Tom Pett, Josh Laberdy, and Sean McWilliams as my curveball option. Paul Mull into Forest. I mean, what do we think of that? I mean, what do we think? And and I don't even want to say dare he goes, but but what do we do if, if that happens? Um, You know, he's obviously performed well. He's got a lot of people watching him he signed a 3 year deal rob McCartney called him i mean do, rob i think rob might need to get back on the phone again i think uh i really think he might have to get back on the phone uh to oh god to convince him to stay i mean you'd hope that he doesn't need convincing toby just wants to stay see this project through and there we go the project word and uh and, and really drive this team and be the man that that takes this team that takes this team um up to the, to the football league uh and that's it that is it for this week uh a bit of a ramble this is kind of like one-to-one nathan's wrexham council and therapy um but yeah let us know what you think there are guests coming soon some really important conversations um off the pitch and around the club i know kind of a lot of people were interested in audio descriptive and all the other things there's chats with the guys at dragonheart um larry and steve that's coming up soon um former players a few of those coming up soon and it'll be nearly christmas and then we've got loads of things i want to do in the new year in terms of special flashback podcasts i won't go into those too much i want to kind of keep those uh as a bit of a surprise for now but yeah as always thanks very much for listening and come back soon yeah come back soon and hopefully rich is with me then and i'm not alone
0: the Talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order the McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.